0: Support for this podcast comes from Outdoor Supply Hardware, inviting listeners to Osh's big anniversary sale celebration, May 20th through the 26th, featuring daily deals, $15,000 in giveaways, 20% off store wide on Saturday and Sunday, and a lot more. Learn more at Osh.com. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz-Guevara,
1: the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy and you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org/podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org/podcasts
0: with an s. From KQED.
1: Stefan Clark was shot and killed by police on March 18th in Sacramento. During the funeral on Thursday, the Reverend Al Sharpton spoke. This is not a sacramental fight anymore. This is a national fight. Stefan has woke up the nation. Salim Tyndall, Oakland, fatally shot by BART police in January. Ronel Foster, Vallejo, shot and killed by police in February. Jesus Adolfo Delgado Duarte, San Francisco, shot and killed in March. 99 bullets were fired at him. Stefan Clark, Sacramento, shot at 20 times by two officers who thought he had a gun. It was only a cell phone. Today, how an activist takes pain, anger, and outrage, and uses it to mobilize a movement in the days after a police shooting. I'm Devin Katayama, welcome to The Bay. Hi, Kat. This is Devin. Hi. Uh, Thanks for uh, joining us here. I'm actually going to put Vinny and Erica on the line as well. Kat Brooks is an activist based out of Oakland. She co-founded the Anti-Police Terror Project, and she's with the Justice Teams Network. She's the kind of person that seems to be everywhere. In fact, she was packing her bag, getting ready to head to Sacramento yesterday. So we had our small Bay team jump on the phone. You'll be hearing from producers Vinny Tong and Erica Aguilar in this conversation. Uh, so you're packing up right now and you're going to Sacramento. Can you tell me where you're heading?
0: I'm going to go meet up with uh, Black Lives Matter Sacramento organizers.
1: Uh, so is, it, is, this, is this the first time you've gone up to Sacramento over the last week and a half?
0: No. Uh, I, the other organization I, I run, the Anti-Police Terror Project, uh, we went up last Friday and did a rapid response training for the chapter. What
1: is a rapid response training?
0: When an officer involves shooting or other uh, excessive use of force occurs, the community can mobilize for itself. So it includes going to the scene, talking to witnesses, building relationships with the community, identifying the family uh, and, and learning about whoever the victim was so that they can impact the media narrative, which usually criminalizes and also counter whatever false narrative law enforcement puts out. It then moves into supporting the family through fundraising support. We've got a legal team that provides pro bono legal support, mental and emotional health, and, of course, organizing support when it's time to take it to the streets. I,
1: I, I want to know, have you, have you done this before with folks up in Sacramento? I know this story's getting all this national attention, and in, in my memory, I can't remember something like this big happening in Sacramento.
0: The, the Black, Black Lives Matter Sacramento chapter under the leadership of Chinese Faizan has been consistently responding to instances of police violence for the last several years. The difference between then and now, of course, is that there's also community response um, and community that's going to respond the way it wants to respond. So I would say that I think that as many of us that have the capacity to go support, follow their leadership and lend whatever areas, I hate to call it expertise, but, you know, our our organizing know-how, then that's what the call to action is enough that we should do.
1: You mentioned how they need to respond the way they need to respond. We've seen uh, them protest you know the Sacramento Kings we've seen them I think shut down I-5 shut down! stuff that we've kind of seen here in the Bay Area but have you seen anything unique about the response uh, up in Sacramento
0: well responses of this scale I would say no it, it, it's not you know the the, the righteous black rage that you see exploding on the streets of Sacramento is like what exploded in the streets uh, in Ferguson, what exploded in the streets in Baltimore, what exploded in the streets here in Oakland. Um, th- that's similar. Of course, each community has its own, um, its own flavor. You know, I- I- I've never personally seen someone, uh, 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 a family member, shut down a city council member and jump on top of a city council diet. Stephon Clark! Stephon Clark! Stephon Clark! Stephon Clark! Stephon Clark. Um, but, but that's their energy. And and that's what I mean. I mean, you know, there's, there's different levels of responses, you know, the organized response and the impact of the media narrative, but there's also a righteous rage of the people that are going to do what it is that they feel like they need to do in this moment when their needs are not being met by systems of power.
1: I want to know, what, you, what moment do you think that we're in right now with what's happening today? The funeral is, is today. Are we at the beginning of this thing or where are we now?
0: I have no idea. And anybody who tells you that they know are, is a lie. <clears throat> There's no way to know if this will go on the way Ferguson went on, you know, for months and months and months. Or if folks will, you know, if it'll die out in the next day or so. I think some of that does have to do with the organizers and their ability to capture this moment uh, and, and sustain the cries, not just for justice, for Stefan Clark, but uh, uh, more radical reforms, including, um, you know, a, a closer look. Even Daryl Steinberg mentioned in an article in the Stack I believe it was, that part of the issue is that there's no accountability or transparency within law enforcement because of the police officer's bill of rights. Um, this is a moment to galvanize community uh, around that, but there's just no way to tell. And really, we're following the will of the people.
1: Hey, Kat, it's Erica Aguilar here. Um, you mentioned something I thought was super important, which was the police officer bill of rights. And in order, mm-hmm. I think, to change some of that, you've got to get to Sacramento in the state capital. This thing yep. happened there. Do you think there's any yep. chance that you would see police reform in terms of changing state law?
0: So that vote that, that is moving. There's a coalition of us, a statewide coalition that are right now working on a right-to-know bill um, that would slowly chip away. Um, I think that that's possible in this moment. But we also know that people have been trying to chip away at the Peace Officers' Bill of Rights for a really long time. The law enforcement agencies have some of the biggest unions, and I use that word lightly, and powerful lobbies you know, in the state. And they're going to fight back. They're already fighting back just knowing that this bill is coming forth.
1: Can you tell us what the, uh, share with us what the Bill of Rights is, the police officer's Bill of Rights?
0: Essentially what it is, it's the blanket of protections that shields police from any real transparency or accountability. So one of the examples, that, so you can't know the names of, of the officers being investigated. You can't know uh, what evidence was, was put forth in the investigation. You can't know if any discipline was meted out to, to the officers. And so it really creates like this black hole for community when things like this occur, Go get any information, um, but I do think that if we can sustain the pressure of Stefan Clark here in Oakland, sustain the pressure of the Shaleen Kendall family that's organizing, sustain the pressures that BLM has been raising, that there is a pot in L.A., um, I do think that there's a possibility that we, we can get a little movement, right? A little movement. Not a lot, but something. Uh,
1: Vinny has a question. Um, I'm just wondering, it's a little bit of a touchy-feely question, but it, can you just describe <laughs> the feeling or the sort of the whatever it might be like to actually have, as you said, expertise and organizing know-how, and have just like a whole set of procedures knowing that this has happened before, it's going to happen again, and what does that feel like to be sort of a person who does this work?
0: I said the other day after the killing of um, Adolfo in San Francisco, the young man that was in the trunk of the car when 99 bullets were logged at it by the San Francisco police department that, um, cause that happened like 1230 in the morning. So my phone started going off, you know, at 1245 in the morning. And, um, and I'm not unique in this. I think that this is all people who do this work to, to this degree. Some people get called when, you know, a baby's about to be born. Some people get called when uh, a wedding needs to be planned. I get called when people are murdered and, um, it's a weight, uh, but it, it, it's not something I... I don't even know how to explain it, you know? I, I don't feel like I'm special or unique. Um, I love I love the people. I don't do this work because I hate law enforcement. I do this work because I deeply, deeply love um, the people. Um, I feel honored to be able to stand by families who choose to fight for justice for their loved ones. Um, and I'd be a lie if I said it didn't impact my relationship with my husband or my daughter, or the fact that he just, I, you know, his lunch so i'm like hey i gotta go to sacramento but i put the clothes away before i left um and i think doing the work uh, allows me to channel the rage and pain i feel every time i hear that another person was murdered by the police into actually doing something right working towards some sort of of solution i, I don't know if i answered your question um
1: yeah yeah you did cat um when you think about the police shootings that get- zero attention, and then the police shootings of, of black people who get a, a lot of attention, why do you think in Sacramento this one is has gotten to the stage that it's at?
0: Well, now now it's more touchy-feely, because as I was watching people pour into the streets, you know, uh, I think it was four days after Stefan was murdered, I I, I went to—my thoughts went immediately to the family of Shelby Kendall, who was killed here in Oakland on January 3rd. And, um— sure enough that one of those family members called me that night and, and said, why, you know, why, why, why are we seeing the same, the same rage here why aren't people flowing into the streets for And He was shot in the back. And I, and I said, I know, I said, you know, it's, it's a couple of things. I said, one, um, if there's even the insinuation that the person who was killed by police or the thought or a mention that maybe possibly they had a weapon, that shifts the way the public reacts to it, right? So instead of having a conversation about why they could get Dylan Roof, who they knew they had, knew had a gun and was willing to use it uh, to jail, alive, um, versus why with black bodies or brown bodies, that seems to be an impossible feat, right? That's one conversation that talks about how black lives is valued and how we're even taught to value our own lives, where we can say some of our community members deserve to be gunned down and some of them do not. So part of what's happening is that Stefan Clark had a phone in his hand. I think the other thing with Stephon Clark is that he was in his grandmother's backyard. Um, and, and then I think the video, when, when you see the amount of bullets that were levied at him and then you see them basically allow him to bleed out and offer no medical anything and then cuff that dead black body before they even begin to look for um, the tools that they needed to give him CPR or what, what the thing was called. I think that that those things combine. I also think you're talking about the last three years, I believe, the Sacramento Police Department has killed six people. You know, I, I compare it sometimes to, um, to, to a slot machine, right? People put thousands and thousands of dollars in it, and then someone comes behind and puts in a dollar and it explodes. Um, and so I think there's a, there's a lot of factors uh, that, because that, we know law enforcement kills at least one community member every single day. In this country but we only hear about a fraction of them and so a lot of it has to do with whatever else is going on in the community at the time I think in Sacramento we can't divorce this from the fact that um, Trump is president and that has allowed a certain demographic in Sacramento to be louder and more bold and more white and more racist and so those tensions are already there Um, I think the work that BLM Sacramento has been doing leading up to this point um, matter and, and and just the horrificness of, of what happened to Stefan.
1: You mentioned the body cam video. We often, in many cases, don't see body cam video either at all or as quickly as we saw it in this case. It sounds like you think, did that add fuel to the fire? Do you think that was something that allowed people to get angry at or allowed people to organize around?
0: I You know, I think it's the it's, it's, it's double-edged, in a way because um had they not had they not shown the body camera and it had just come out that he was in his grandmother's backyard i think you would have seen what you're seeing anyway right um and i think that they knew in advance that something had gone horribly horribly wrong and that maybe if they showed some level of transparency it would mute some um some of the response
1: okay well, I know it may get a little bit chaotic out there, but we'd love to stay in touch with you if that's cool. Sure. Okay. Yep. And if Absolutely. things, yeah, so either text or we'll, we'll give you a call as well. So uh, be safe out there.
0: Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Bye. You later. Bye. All
1: right. No one can say what's going to happen next in Sacramento. But protesters say they'll keep demonstrating until the officers involved in shooting Stefan Clark are fired. Right now, they're on paid administrative leave while investigation into the shooting is ongoing. The California Attorney General's Office is also doing its own investigation. The Bay is produced by Vinnie Tong and Eric Aguilar, both of whom you heard from earlier in the show. Senior editors are Julia McAvoy, Ethan Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. I'm Devin Kadiyama. You've been listening to The Bay. Okay, so we know things in Sacramento move a lot more slowly than people would like. So it's probably best to get to know the people who are trying to move things along. And I got a way for you to do this. Subscribe to Political Breakdown. The two hosts, Scott Schaefer and Marisa Lagos, are freaking funny. They're smart. And they bring that to the show. Subscribe to Political Breakdown wherever you get your podcasts. Rate it. Leave a message. I know they'll appreciate it. Have a great weekend.